Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Tuesday. Another busy day across baseball on Monday as we now have entered Tuesday. The trade deadline officially comes and goes tonight at 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 Central. Stephen Tolbert of the podcast to be named later and myself. You know, we went you know pretty deep into some discussion last night about what the Braves could potentially do before the trade deadline later today. The Braves did not make any official moves on Monday, but it'll be interesting to see as we, you know, all of us know Alex Anthopoulos and the front office, they're going to continue to work right up to the deadline. So it'll be interesting to see what potential moves they may be able to get done on Tuesday. Of course, you can find all the latest content and news on the Battery Power Podcast Network, um, you know, at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So without a doubt, through this past weekend, it was a busy Monday on, on, on Sunday. Six to eight more trades on Monday as well. Several teams continuing to bolster up their rosters to make playoff pushes. So it's been plenty of excitement. It's been, you know, one of the more exciting times of the year on the baseball calendar, especially off the field. But when it came to Atlanta, and when it comes to Atlanta over the next three days, this is going to be, in my opinion, one of the more exciting series that you're going to see during this regular season. And the crazy thing is, is that it could even be more exciting if Mike Trout currently was not on the injured list. But in this series, with Shohei Otani and the Los Angeles Angels, who have made some moves to show they're clearly going for it this year, With Shohei Otani and the Angels on the same field as the Braves, you have the AL and NL clear favorites for MVP in Shohei Otani and Ronald Acuna Jr. You also have the AL and NL home run leaders in Shohei Otani and Matt Olson. You don't get that level of production and talent on the same field between two teams every single week when it comes to series across baseball. So it was a really exciting setup for the Braves and the Angels on Monday night. The unfortunate thing is, is that it wasn't that exciting once the game started. The Braves, in in one of their, you know, more lackluster offensive performances in recent weeks, they just simply did not have it on Monday. Maybe a little bit of a hangover from the weekend, what have you, but the Braves just did not have any success at all. The only 
um, pr run production came off Matt Olson's 36th home run of the season. Only two other run scoring opportunities that the Braves didn't convert. Four total strikeout, or, or excuse me, four total hits on the night. Again, the Braves just did not have it. Chase Silseth, the young right-hander for the Angels, did very well. The Braves just did not have an answer for the early and middle parts of the game, and they just could not find any success as the game progressed. So a 4-1 to loss for the Braves, you know, kind of disappointing, but at the end of the day, you know, coming off a sweep of, you know, one of the better teams in the National League, hey, every now and then you're going to drop one. We know that it's not going to be consistent for the Braves to struggle like they did on Monday night offensively. But that does not mean that there weren't a few encouraging signs when it comes to the Braves pitching staff. You know, we're coming into today. We know that it's been rumored that the Braves, and we've seen it, you know, from different sources, could they be potentially looking to add another significant arm to the bullpen? Could they be potentially looking to add a significant arm in the starting rotation? Well, one good thing for on Monday night is that the pitching staff for the Braves in general did pretty well. Charlie Morton, once again, ran into some trouble in the first inning. From time to time this year, he's run into trouble early in games. And it definitely looked like the Angels were going to put some runs on the board in the first inning. But Charlie Morton was able to work through it. Only gave up one run in the first inning. After that, he settled in but gave up two other solo home runs. But at the end of the day, like, I, like we've discussed, Charlie Morton, he'll go back and forth between showing a dominant outing and, and then most of the time pitching well enough to where it'll be a quality start or close to it, and he'll do his job to put the Braves in a position to win. Well, he did that on Monday. Six innings pitched, eight strikeouts, three earned runs, three walks. Not his best stuff, but after the first inning that he had, he definitely settled in, and he did his job. Most of the night, in most times, if the Braves get a quality start from their starter, that's all you can ask for with how good this Braves offense is most of the time. But it wasn't just the performance of Charlie Morton that was a bit encouraging. A.J. Minter, as we talked about, coming off the injured list, he made his first appearance since going on the injured list earlier in July with a shoulder injury. He was able, despite giving up a hit to Shohei Otani, he was able to pitch a scoreless inning. Pierce Johnson, who also gave up a hit himself, struck out his three batters in his appearance. So Pierce Johnson seems to be settling in as well. So definitely an encouraging night from the pitching staff. Against a decent lineup overall, the Braves pitching staff has to be encouraged with how they performed on Monday night. Of course, there were a few exciting moments when it came to the position players. Matt Olson continues to just be absolutely unreal when it comes to his power. Now, I believe 19 home runs over his past 37 games, 36 home runs on the season, and we talk about a few different, you know, opportunities at history that Matt Olson individually and the Braves themselves could be going after when it comes to home runs. Matt Olson's 36th home run of the year also happened to be the Braves' 200th home run of the year. The Braves are keeping neck and neck when it comes to the pace that they need to set the new all-time Major League Baseball single-season home run record by a team. That's 307 home runs that was done by the Minnesota Twins in 2019. The Braves right now have kept a pace about 309 to 311. They're on pace for about 310 right now after their 200th home run last night. So both Olsen and the Braves are looking to make history because Olsen himself now with 36 home runs is actually a few home runs 
above the pace that Andrew Jones set in 2005. Andrew Jones, of course, hit 51 home runs in 2005, and Andrew Jones had an unbelievable end to that season. Well, now entering August, Matt Olson needs 15 home runs to tie Andrew and 16 home runs to set a new single-season franchise record by an individual when it comes to a Braves hitter. No Braves hitter has hit more than 51 home runs in a season. Matt Olson certainly is capable of doing just that. And then, of course, we were reminded of how special of a fielder Michael Harris II is as he robbed Shohei Otani of his 40th home run as well in what was one of the better defensive plays we've seen from the Braves all season. So there were a few exciting plays. The pitching staff overall did its job. The simple story from last night is that the offense just didn't have it, and the Braves wound up dropping the series opener to the Angels. But of course, the Braves are hoping to bounce back on the field on Tuesday, but also their potential is there that the Braves may make an addition or two as the trade deadline looks to come and go on Tuesday. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Afternoon. So as mentioned in the first segment, one of the few positive takeaways from Monday night, you know, when the offense itself, you know, had a pretty forgettable night, the pitching staff, in my opinion, had a pretty positive outing, you know, especially the bullpen, and especially when it comes to A.J. Minter returning to the mound for the Braves. Earlier on Monday, the Braves had made room for A.J. Minter as well as the newly acquired Nicky Lopez from the Royals. And to make that room, they optioned Sunday starter A.J. Smith-Shaver back to AAA and also designated Charlie Culberson for assignment. So the Braves now welcome back A.J. Minter. And with A.J. Minter coming back, Hopefully getting back to pitching like he was for several weeks. You know, A.J. Minter had, you know, an, an incredibly frustrating, I know for him, you know, uh, run through, you know, late April into early May. Just had a, a very tough start to the season. But once the calendar hit June through the All-Star break, A.J. Minter was incredible. I think he had an ERA under two over that six-week period. So the Braves are certainly hoping he gets back to that level. And then if you add him to the bullpen that's already there with how well Kirby Yates and Rysel Iglesias and Joe Jimenez have been pitching, you've again got one of the better bullpens in baseball. But even more significant than A.J. Minter himself being back is the fact that he's the first domino to fall and the Braves continuing to get enhancements back when it comes to their pitching rotation. A.J. Minter back on Monday. Um, Max Freed likely is going to be back at some point this weekend to obviously add an ace-level pitcher 
to the starting rotation. And then there was positive news on Dylan Lee as you know he will have one more pitching session early this week and then the Braves likely could put together a rehab assignment for him. So especially when it comes to upgrading their left-handed pitching options, the Braves are going to get significant reinforcements to their pitching staff in the near future, both for the starting rotation as well as the bullpen, and that should definitely make both the starting rotation and the bullpen much more consistent as time goes on. And this is no surprise. This is, you know, something myself and many others have preached for weeks, that the Braves can just navigate through this tough stretch, and they played above 500 baseball, which is perfectly fine for all the injuries that the Braves have had to deal with. If they could just navigate through, uh, you know, a few weeks of not having some of their better arms available, once those arms came back and hopefully health will be on the Braves' side, good things should occur. But I do think that it continues to be relevant that with that in mind, with the fact that the Braves are going to continue to get some of their better arms back from injury. We haven't even mentioned Jesse Chavez, Nick Anderson, and Kyle Wright likely returning sometime in late August and early September. All of that is relevant when you take what the Braves will have as options available to them and healthy options once everybody is fully healthy. That is something to certainly consider when it comes to the Braves potentially making moves later today. Because without a doubt, Atlanta should definitely continue to be focused on trying to add an impactful starter or reliever if it makes sense, because that really will put them in a strong position when it comes to the postseason. But to be able to do that, you have to consider the options that are available to you. You have to consider, is the price worth paying to get those options? And most importantly, is the option that you're going to get going to be better than the options that you already have? Because let's consider the starting rotation from a playoff perspective. I think that anybody in Braves country should be fully confident that the 1-2 combination of Spencer Strider and Max Reed with our offense, you're confident of that 1-2 combination going against any other team's 1-2 combination in the playoffs this postseason. I also think that when it comes to Charlie Morton and Bryce Elder, you have two options as as a Game 3 starter, probably Morton in in this case, but you have two options as a Game 3 starter that can navigate an opposing playoff order successfully at least two times through and put your team in a position to win with your offense. That's a good place to be when it comes to the Braves starting rotation, especially with Max Freed healthy. And then, of course, you got Kyle Wright, who potentially could be another option as well. That's where you're That's where you're coming from from a starting rotation right now. And then when it comes to the bullpen, again, we've talked about it. Kirby Yates, Joe Jimenez, Rysel Iglesias, all of them through the month of July had excellent months. They've all continuously gotten more consistent and better as the time as, as the season's gone along. You have those options as your right-handed options, Put together with Dylan Lee and A.J. Minter in time as your left-handed options, that's one of the deeper, more balanced bullpens, especially in the National League. So you're kind of in a position of strength from there as well. So if you're in a good position in your starting rotation, if you've got a pretty strong bullpen when healthy, the options that are out there, do they really provide you that upgrade? From From a starting pitching perspective, I would answer confidently yes. If the Braves were to go out and get a Justin Verlander or Eduardo Rodriguez, sure. Those options would be worth going after to add to the Braves' rotation this year. But you've got a lot of hurdles that you're going to have to try to go through to get Verlander. And you have other teams that are looking to get him that probably could offer better prospects than you can offer. Because the Mets are certainly going to be looking to get as good of a prospect haul as possible if they trade Verlander. 
The same thing goes for Eduardo Rodriguez, who likely will opt out of his contract at the end of the year. Stephen Tolbert and I discussed it last night. So even though he's a rental and his price may eventually drop, and despite all the connections the Braves have with the Tigers, there are plenty of other teams that are out there that need starting pitching as well. Do you have the prospects to get into a potential bidding war with those other teams who likely are going to have a bigger need for a starter like Rodriguez? Probably not. And I don't necessarily think the Braves are in a position where they want to trade a Vaughn Grissom or an A.J. Smith-Shaver level prospect for a rental. Beyond that, you've got Michael Lorenzen, Jack Flaherty, and maybe a few others that could make sense. But are any of them really going to be an upgrade to your starting rotation? Are they going to be a clear better option than a Charlie Morton or a Bryce Elder starting a game three in the playoffs? Probably not. So when you really break down of the options that are available out there on the trade market in the starting rotation, uh, when it comes to starters, and the prospect cost it would take to get them, is there a clear option that you're willing to potentially have to overpay for to get them that then provides you that upgrade that you're looking for? Beyond something working out with Verlander or Eduardo Rodriguez, I don't think it's out there, so I don't necessarily know how realistic that adding an impact starter is going to be for the Braves, especially with how many other teams are looking for impact starters. Now, one thing that we can take away over the past two days is that, you know, there are teams that are willing to potentially trade away controllable relievers, and those relievers could be at at reasonable costs. But do the Braves want to potentially pay the price of adding another reliever to what they already have? I mean, one name that's out there that would clearly be an upgrade would be Pirates closer David Bednar. But I think the Pirates in this market, they have every reason to come back to the Braves and say, okay, we want A.J. Smith-Shaver and Vaughn Grissom as the starting point of a package for Bednar. A.J. Smith-Shaver right now is, what, around the 50, 60th best prospect in the game? That's a pretty reasonable ask for how long Bednar is able to be controlled and the quality of reliever that he is. But are the Braves willing to pay that price for a reliever? I don't necessarily think so. Could the Braves part ways with a a young part uh, of their franchise for a controllable reliever? Sure, that could be an option. But is it something that's sensible with what they already have? I don't necessarily know. And then, of course, we get into the idea of a controllable starter. And I certainly get Stephen Tolbert's point about the fact that a rental probably makes more sense from the Braves' prospect point of view. But again, if it's a high price for rentals and other teams have better prospect packages to offer, it may just not make sense for the Braves to overpay what options are out there when it comes to rentals. So what about potentially going after a controllable starter? Well, the market for that was kind of set on Monday as the Tampa Bay Rays had to pay the number 37 prospect in baseball to get a controllable starter and one in and of himself who isn't necessarily a a, a clear, you know, top one or two pitcher in the rotation. Because if the Braves were going to talk with the team about going after a controllable starter, maybe you go to talk with Seattle about one of their controllable starters, for instance. Of the controllable starters that are sensibly out there that the Braves could pursue, those teams are going to start their asking price at A.J. Smith-Shaver and Vaughn Grissom. And the thing is, is that those other teams that have the controllable starters, they're looking to part ways with those controllable starters to get a young hitting talent. And there are other teams out there that can offer better young hitting talents than Vaughn Grissom. The Braves just don't have a lot of young position player talents that they can offer. So, in terms of the Braves looking for an impactful starter or reliever, yes, that definitely makes sense. That definitely should be their focus up to the trade deadline today. 
But the likelihood of it happening, I think, is a bit less than some may realize. And I think that the Braves are, are more competent than some may realize of just sticking with what they have if something doesn't develop. Because with other teams pursuing the same thing the Braves are, with other teams being able to offer the same prospect package, and with the Braves having likely more talent internally coming to support their pitching staff than other teams may have due to all the injuries the Braves have had to deal with, I think the Braves are are in a fine position to not look to overpay unless it just makes absolute sense. So again, the rumors may be out there all day that the Braves are continuing to look for an impactful arm, and I certainly think that that's the truth, and it certainly should be. But the likelihood of it happening, I think, is going to be a bit tougher this year with how few sellers there are, how many teams are looking for the exact same thing, and how many teams could potentially provide a stronger package than what the Braves may be able to offer. So in terms of a move that I think does make sense, you know, what could we see today? I do think that there's going to be some type of activity, but I think it's probably going to be closer to what we saw last year when Alex Anthopoulos, you know, kind of in the final few hours, added Jake Odorizzi as a rotation option and also added um, Robbie Grossman from the Detroit Tigers. The player that I think the Braves should absolutely go after if he's available at a reasonable price, and I think he should be, is Adam Duvall. The reason why is simple. You've got the familiarity there. You know it's a player that can contribute in playoff settings. You know it's a player that, you know, definitely is a clubhouse favorite. But for this Braves team, he also enhances your ability in two needed areas. You put him out in left field, the Braves won the 2021 World Series with Adam Duvall as their center fielder. Even though he's a bit older, if you put out him out in left field, an outfield of Adam Duvall, Michael Harris II and Ronald Acuna Jr. is one of the best defensive outfielders that anybody could put out there, or one of the best defensive outfields any team could put out there in the playoffs. That's one benefit of go getting the ball. And then also, we talk about the fact that the Braves' production against right-handed pitching offensively is really going to be a key to how successful they are in this year's playoffs. Well, Adam Duvall this year has a 941 OPS against right-handed pitching. Now, I don't think that's sustainable, and it's over a short sample size, but he definitely has gotten better as his career has progressed. He certainly has developed well. As a guy who probably could produce over an 800 OPS against right-handed pitching due to his development in Atlanta. So for several different reasons, I think that going to get Adam Duvall probably makes good sense as a potential move for the Braves. And then you've got different options you can play in left field or at DH. You know, combinations of Eddie Rosario, Marcelo Zuna, Travis Darno, Adam Duvall. You know, against left-handers, you still, you know, have the ability to use Kevin Pillar. That's a pretty good group to choose from to put at the bottom of the order to support your best hitters. But again, also you've got Duvall's defense that you can throw out there to protect leads in the playoffs. So I think the Braves do make one or two moves, and I definitely feel it would be a successful deadline if they can add a player like Adam Duvall. So I think at the end of the day, you know, at least from my gut, and I think most reasonably, you could see another move or two, but I think it's likely going to once again be those move on the margins instead of an impactful move. If the Braves make an impactful move, great. Let's do it, whatever you can. If you can get a clear upgrade, the Braves have every reason to go do it. But I definitely think it also makes sense to keep prices reasonable. And if that's the case, getting an Adam DeBall, maybe another bullpen piece, that may be to play for the Braves on Tuesday. 
But the other big thing to watch out for is that, you know, hey, the deadline is going to come and go, but that doesn't mean the excitement stops because tonight Spencer Strider is going to be on the mound for the Braves. And we talk about all the talent that's there with, o with Otani and Acuna Jr. as well as Matt Olson. You're going to see one of the most intriguing pitcher-batter matchups of the year when Spencer Strider faces off against Shohei Otani tonight in Atlanta. And the other not-so-small factor in this game, the Braves are going to be facing a left-hander. Patrick Sandoval is a very talented one, but I believe this will be the first time since June 20th. There may have been one other time. But the Braves have either not faced the left-hander or faced one other left-hander over the past six weeks. They're finally going to face a left-handed starter tonight. We know how good the Braves are against left-handed pitching, so it could be a very good setup for the Braves' offense to bounce back and support Spencer Strider. And the thing for Spencer Strider is just go six innings. His last two starts... He has been absolutely fantastic through the first six innings. He eventually ran into trouble in the seventh inning. For the Braves, just hope that Spencer Strider can give you the best productions through the six innings that he can. Hopefully you'll have the lead by that time and then hand the ball off to your bullpen and feel confident that they'll get the job done. So a good setup for the Braves to potentially bounce back tonight in what should be another exciting night of baseball with all the talent that will be on the field. And who knows, by the time the game starts, we'll also hopefully maybe be able to talk about one or two potential future additions for the Braves through activity that they did on the trade deadline. Enjoy today! This is one of the best, most exciting days on the baseball calendar every year. I certainly hope that you enjoy every single bit of it. And speaking of that, we'll have every single bit of it covered for you. Here on the Battery Power Podcast Network, Brad Rowland, Scott Coleman will be back with you tonight for a recap of the trade deadline, as well as talking about all things when it comes to the uh, matchup against the Angels and the Braves. And then I'll be back with you later on this week, recapping the series against the Angels and looking forward to the start of the month of August for the Braves. You can find all the great content from BatteryPower.com at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPower, SBN across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Until next time, go Braves. Hopefully it's an exciting Tuesday and hope everybody enjoys it. We'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer. <laughs>